The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, preached on March 27, 2011, based on the sermon text from John chapter 9. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God through which the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see our Savior Jesus is John chapter 9. Please give your attention to a a portion of that text again. Jesus says, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming, when no one can work. While I am, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. The healing of this blind man, this man born from birth with blindness, is only the beginning of chapter 9. As we see this chapter unfold, we see that this is just the beginning of what Jesus is working in this man. The miracle goes far beyond giving him physical sight. For you see Jesus came into this world as light. He came to do the work the Father sent him to do, and that work was to be the light of the world. Towards the end of chapter 9, Jesus summarizes his mission. He does it with these words here. He says, For judgment I have come into the world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Now, as you well know, judgment can have two very different outcomes. It can bring the verdict acquitted, or it can hand down the verdict condemned. Guilty or not guilty. When the light of Jesus shines into our hearts, so that we see that fountain filled with his blood washing us clean, what a blessed verdict we hear. Acquitted, forgiven, righteous, not guilty. Jesus shines into our hearts so that we see the saving work the Father had sent him to do, saving us sinners from death and damnation. But what a dreadful verdict for those who ignore the light. Oh, they think they can see. They might know a lot about Jesus or consider themselves rather spiritual people. They think they can see, but they are blind to how much Jesus paid for their great debt. They are blind to the life-giving power that shines from Jesus through his word. And they are lost in that blindness. And since they think they can see, they, they stay away from the light and lurk in the darkness, keeping Jesus at a distance. That, dear friends, dear Christians, that is what you and I were born into. We were born into that kind of blindness that could not see Jesus. We were under the condemnation of death and hell. How much we needed the light to shine into our hearts. And what great good news that Jesus is that light. That light who came to do the Father's work, the the work the Father had sent him to do, that, that work of saving us sinners. 
Jesus shines, doing the work the Father sent him to do. Keep that theme in mind. Jesus shines, doing the work the Father sent him to do. His light has penetrated our hearts, and now his light is reflected by us in our confession. Those are the two parts we look at here today as we see Jesus shine. First of all, his light penetrated our hearts. For we began our lives born spiritually blind, lost in sin, blinded by unbelief. It was only through baptism that Jesus' light penetrated deep into our hearts so that we saw him there on the cross, not only as a man, but as our God and Savior. Yes, Jesus died for me, for my sins. Your infant heart believed. What light shone from Jesus. He did that saving work the Father sent him to do. He did that work even though it took him to that God-forsaken cross. He did it for you, dear sinner, for you. And now, as your risen Savior, he sends out his light through his word in, in the scriptures and the sacraments. He sends out his light that has penetrated deep into your heart so that you too see Jesus. But how did he do that kind of work in John chapter 9 here? As we look at the whole chapter, we see that he not only brought physical sight to this man born blind, but he also penetrated deep into this man's heart. So that by the end of this chapter, we hear this man who once was blind confess, Lord, I believe. And he worships Jesus. So let's, let's think about this man who was born blind. Can you try to put yourself back in his position back there in around 30 AD? There was no ADA, Americans with Disabilities Act. No Braille, no audiobooks, no government welfare. He couldn't hold down a job because blind people could not work in those days. All he could do was sit there and beg, depending on the the, the, the pity of others, hoping to stave off hunger for another day. And on top of that, do you think, do you think he might have struggled with guilt as well? Why? Why was I born this way? Did I do something wrong? Did he harbor some blame, maybe against his parents or, or even against God? What about the scorn of others, those, those whispers that must have been uh, from the passerbyers like, like the disciples. Who sinned? This man or, or his parents that he was born blind? But Jesus, Jesus works the Father's plan here. He would accomplish what the Father had sent him to do, just as a diligent worker does his work before the sun sets. We see Jesus begins by giving this man physical sight. He spits on the ground, makes some mud, and spreads it on the man's eyes. He wants to communicate to this blind man that he, Jesus, is going to open his eyes, give him sight. He sends the man to wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent, just as Jesus had been sent by the Father. And the man washes, and he sees, and he knows 
that this is what Jesus, that man Jesus had done for him, opened the eyes of him who had been born blind. So amazing was this miracle that when the man returns to his neighbors and others who had seen him sitting there begging, it raises some questions. They ask, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said yes, but others said, no, he only looks like him. And so do you, do you see here how when confronted with the divine, human reason tries to explain it away? Now that's one reason we cannot come to Jesus or believe in him by our own thinking or choosing or deciding. We need his light to penetrate our hearts before we can see that Jesus is our Savior. But even, even as we see his light, even as we believe in him, how often don't we still struggle with sadnesses and trials in this life? Maybe none of us here were born blind like this man, but we've all had our share of trials, haven't we? I don't think I'm the only one that has ever asked, why did this happen to me? Did I offend God in some way? Is he punishing me? How long do you think this man might have struggled with those questions. But listen to what Jesus says about his blindness. He says, This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. We've witnessed the beginning of this work as God, or as Jesus gives him physical sight. In part two, later, we'll see an even greater miracle Jesus works in this man. But Jesus is doing the work the Father has sent him to do. That man, through all those years of growing up blind, had no idea what was going to happen to him on that day. So also, dear Christians, as we go through the darknesses of our lives, we seldom can explain why this or that has happened to us. And the shadows of doubt so easily try to block and, and cloud the light of Jesus from our hearts. The sadnesses of lives are like dark clouds that, that block the sunshine of God's love and we begin to wonder and doubt as we sit in the shadows whether God really does love us. We question His love and kindness and goodness. And when those doubts shadow your heart, listen again to Jesus' words here. This happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. God is at work in your life, dear friend. Jesus shines into your heart through his word. He penetrates your heart, bringing you the fruit of the work that the Father had sent him to do. Now, we could try to order these clouds of sadness around as if I should be in control or God should at least explain himself to me. Or we could figure, I might as well do my own thing. If, if there's going to be clouds of sadness, even if I follow Jesus, I might as well ignore God's law and have some fun in this life. Or, or dear Christian, you can go and see Jesus' light and leave it in the hands of God to work his work 
in us. Trust his care and mercy. I cannot explain those clouds of sadness, but I can assure you, dear Christian, that the love of God still shines brightly. His promises do not fail. Trust him. Think of this man and all those years he spent blind growing up, not knowing why. Or think of Joseph, sold by his brothers, slandered by Potiphar's wife in Egypt, imprisoned and forgotten. It wasn't until years later that he could see God's plan at work through it all. Or, or think of Job, how he lost his family, wealth, and health. And if you read the book of Job, God never really does explain to him why. And so also, for you and me, we may suffer for years or even our whole life through, not knowing the whys and wherefores. God moves in a mysterious way. But he is at work in your life, dear Christian. For you are his blood-bought child. Just look at the cross to see how precious you are to your God and Savior. He is at work in your life. For he has penetrated your heart with his light that shines from his word and sacraments. He has penetrated your heart to show you that Jesus has done the work of saving sinners like you and me so that you too believe. And since he has done such great things for you already, trust him. Trust him no matter how many dark clouds of sadness float into your lives. His light shines on you through his word and sacraments penetrating deep into your heart day after day, scattering the shadows of doubt no matter how dark the clouds of sadness. Jesus shines on you and his light penetrates our hearts. And as that light penetrates your heart, you also reflect his light in your confession. We see that in this man who once was blind as well. We see his confession as he is hauled before the, the, the Pharisees. You see, Jesus did this miracle on the Sabbath day, and this leads the Pharisees to want to discredit Jesus. Even more than that, they, they, this has been building up for some time. The Pharisees are, are more and more convinced they've got to get rid of this Jesus, and they have to discredit his miracles, and so they take this blind man and interrogate him. But he tells it like it is. He says, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed and now I see. And this at first causes a dispute among the Pharisees. Some of them say that since Jesus has broken the tradition of the elders by making mud and healing on the Sabbath, that he, he couldn't be from God. But others said, how could an open sinner who rejected God do such a great miracle like this? And so they call the man in for his opinion, and he says it like he sees it. He says, he is a prophet. Now, we realize he doesn't as yet fully grasp who Jesus is, but here is a start. He confesses what he knows, doesn't he? But the Pharisees don't drop it there. They want to discredit this miracle, and so they call in the man's parents. Maybe, maybe this isn't the same guy. Maybe he wasn't born blind. But the parents clearly testify that this is their son, 
and that he was indeed born blind, but as to how he was healed, they would have to ask him. And so now, once again, they haul him in and now really put pressure on him. I could almost imagine him wondering whether it was worth seeing anymore if this is what happened. They put pressure on him, putting him under oath by telling him, Give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. Now, although the the man who once was blind still does not fully understand who Jesus is, he still clearly confesses what he does know. He says, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And notice how this, how as this interrogation continues, as troublesome as it is for this man who once was blind, God is at work in here as well. At work to strengthen this man's conviction, even though the Pharisees want to undermine him. God is at work leading this man to sharpen his confession and realize just who Jesus is. Once again, they demand of him to tell him how, tell them how he was healed. And he answers, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? He had begun to realize that since Jesus is from God, he, he wants to follow him, learn from him. But his reply only brings the insults of the Pharisees. You are this fellow's disciple? We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't know where he comes from. And now listen to this bold confession. Now this is remarkable. The man once blind says, You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Such a bold confession only earns him the rejection of the Pharisees as they throw him out. Jesus finds him and asks him, Do you believe in the Son of God? This man knows he can trust Jesus to direct him rightly, for Jesus comes from God, and he replies, Who is he, sir? Tell me, so that I may believe in him. And Jesus answers, You have seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And this man makes that bold confession, Lord, I believe. He not only sees with his eyes, but with his heart as well. What a great miracle the Lord has worked, opening up his heart so that he sees his Savior. And so also, dear friends, Jesus is at work in your life. Like those Pharisees, though there are some around us who want to undermine our confession of faith and plant doubts in our hearts. But as you confess your faith, Jesus is at work so that even though, despite their hostility, or we might say through their hostility, he directs us back again and again to his word for that strength to keep on confessing. 
so that despite the hostility of those around us, we go to his word to see Jesus all the more clearly and to confess him all the more boldly. The work Jesus has done shines through you as you confess him and reflect his light in your life. And so finally here, dear friends, and as we finish the service singing the last two hymns here, think about what we've talked about. Jesus is at work in you. Consider how he has worked in your life. His love shines for you no matter what kind of clouds of sadness may come your way as God moves in his mysterious way. For you can be sure of that. For Jesus has filled a fountain with his blood in which you lose all your guilty stains. Yes, think about those thoughts as we sing these last two hymns written by William Cowper and consider the life of William Cowper, that troubled life. He was born in England in 1731, lost his mother at the age of six. He was sent to boarding school where he was bullied. He went on to law school, which he describes as day and night I was upon the rack, lying down in horror and rising up in despair. He never did become a lawyer. For his entire life, he only managed to hold down a job for four years. He was unable to marry the woman he loved. And his life of sadness and pain only seemed to get worse as his his emotional disorders and mental illness drove him at times to try to commit suicide. It's reported that he even thought that for a time that God wanted him to kill himself. And yet even into this troubled Christian heart, the light of Jesus had shone and led him to confess his faith in words that Christians still sing today. And even if these two hymns were the only good that God worked in this life, how much comfort haven't these two hymns brought to Christians over the ages? That same God who was work in the life of this blind man who was at work in the life of William Cowper, is at work in your life, dear Christian. Jesus shines for you, having done the work the Father sent him to do. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.